Welcome back for another nerdy episode where books and drinking go hand in hand. And where foreshadowing and bizarre theories are all the buzz. Now get ready as we crack open and crack up over our new novels. I'm Aiden Galloway. I'm Bryn Plyler, and this is Sips and Subtext. The following podcast contains strong language, references to alcohol and sexual behavior, and books and characters we don't own. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sips and Subtext. We're really excited um, as this is our final episode for Cersei. We're going to go over the last three chapters and do our full book review and um, thoughts. But before we get into that, Bren, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. I have uh, drank a lot the last couple of days, so, (laughs) you know, I'm feeling feeling both really good and really bad at the same time so it's uh it's a fun little place to be where I'm in but how are you I'm doing good I have also drank more than usual in the past couple of days but that's not why I'm feeling good in fact I've had to take multiple naps because of it um (laughs) but I we still talk every time we're drunk it seems like we call each other (laughs) yeah that happened last night um but as well uh, my internship, I have two more days left, and I will be done, um, which it's sad to leave the job and because they're really good people, and they're doing a lot of good work, but um, it's exciting to go on to my next chapter, which is a whole other graduate degree, because I just mm-hmm. can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. I will not be going back to school anytime soon, because I've decided that school and I do not mesh but that's okay. Uh, also, I just tried our drink of the episode. Granted, I had to, uh, you know, make it with what I had. And, you know, it looks good. Tastes terrible. I am oh, not a fan. Oh, no. Not a fan. Um, so you did put maple syrup in it, though. I, so I can definitely taste it. Taste the maple mm. syrup. Um, but, you know, well, I looked up possible uh substitutes for grenadine and it said syrup so it had it had multiple types of syrup so i took that with a grain of salt and (laughs) used what i had and uh but anyway so everyone stay tuned to the end of the episode where we will announce season three's novel and what you can expect from that and then also the drink for this episode you know, there were a lot of things that we could have chosen from not a lot. Of, there, there were not a lot of uh, pages in these last three chapters, but there is a lot of information. We could have chosen any number of things to focus on, but the name of the drink that we chose is called the Love Potion Cocktail. And, huh, excuse me. God bless. I know. Uh, and... You know, you use ice, one part uh, sweetened lime juice, two parts raspberry vodka, two parts cranberry juice, cocktail, and one part grenadine and raspberries for garnish. If you so choose, you shake that up in a shaker and then strain it out into your glass. And obviously, you should really stick to the recipe because what I did is not okay. But that is 
our drink of the episode. We, as usual, we will post the link so that you guys can get the recipe as well. And, you know, we hope that y'all drink along with us. And if y'all aren't drinking with us, we hope you enjoy us, us definitely drinking and possibly getting past tipsy. So us in our chaos as yes. every episode. Yes. I think um, one of the greatest journeys that we've gone on as we've recorded and uh, released these episodes with you guys is you can tell when we start getting more comfortable, oh, yeah. comfortable, comfortable in front of a microphone because mm-hmm. we just, there is no filter. As you guys heard from Mr. Yes. Fury, there is no filter anymore. Yes. And as much, it, it's, it's the same. It's, we what we always wanted to happen it's you and your girls discussing your favorite mm-hmm. books it's not supposed to have a filter or you and your friends we won't it doesn't have to be girls you can be as passionate as you want with anyone but from us obviously <laughs> it's you're my girl and i'm your mm-hmm. girl so we're going to talk about things in a very certain way around each other which yeah. is great yeah um, no i'm so glad that we got to this point because this is the way that we actually talk off the podcast so i'm glad that that we got to the point where we're comfortable enough to talk like this on the podcast. And I'm sure that some of y'all can relate to us whenever we get all high and squeaky and, you know, can't catch our breath over certain people and certain things, uh, interactions that go down. But yeah, so we are super, super excited about this finale of Cersei. And I mean, I thought it was amazing and beautiful. And it was really good. It was so well put together. So Aiden, do you want to give us the summary? Yes, let's do a real fast summary so we can actually dig in because there's not a lot to go over, even though it was Mm -hmm. really well written. So chapter 25 starts out with uh, Cersei calling her father Helios to the beach. He actually comes because he's curious about how she feels after her interaction and losing her son, interaction with Athena and losing her son. So he comes and she asks him to uh, tell Zeus to let her go. As um, And he says, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, yes, you will, or else I'll tell him what happened with me and Prometheus, and it will bring even greater shame upon your head. As well, I'll also tell him how much you're ready to rebel at him against him at any given point. And he was like, you are no longer a daughter of mine, but I will do this one thing for you. And she's like, good, do not count me as your children anymore. So she gets freedom and is able to leave Iyaya the next day. Um, She goes and tells this to Penelope. Penelope says that she does not want to leave for Sparta any longer. She actually would prefer to stay on Iyaya. And she goes over her spells and potions with Penelope. And it quickly becomes apparent how interested and how much Penelope loves the things that uh, Cersei is telling to her. So Cersei knows that Penelope will do just fine. But for most of that day, she is unable to find Telemachus until she finally finds him by the ship. And they get into a little bit of a fight um, where he is angry with her for not discussing things before you leave. And essentially him thinking that she's mad at him. And she's like, I'm not mad at you. Why would I be mad at you? He's like, and he believes that she assumed he would want to go to Athena, even though he's so different than his father. So they eventually get all that out in the open. And he says that he will go with her wherever she needs to go if she'll let him. So they both decide to agree and leave at dawn to go on this journey that she she needs to go on um, after her final 
separation from her son. Um, so they leave at dawn the next morning. Um, she is wielding the um, oh, the spear with the poison of Trigon uh, tail on it as well. She's also prepared a potion with that poison and they take 12 rams along with them. Um, she ties that little clay bundle with the poison inside of it on one of the ram's necks. And some soon to find out the reason why she's doing this is because they have to pass by Skylas. Skylas? Leic. Sure. Uh, um, and when they do, the monster she, she created way back when. The, the monster from the nip that she created at the very beginning of the book. Um, so she casts a small spell on, on Telemachus to keep him hidden as he rows through the very dangerous corridor that is the swirling abyss um, on like the left of the Charybdis Charybdis yes of Charybdis and then Scylla trying to kill them on the other side but that was very intentional because Scylla grabs all 12 of those rams and by doing so ingests a lot of the poison from the Trigon tail um Cersei is still very worried though keeps this uh the spear in her hand but ends up not needing it because Scylla, though she spots both of them and is ready to kill them, starts to die and is slowly turning to stone as she extracts herself from her cave to continue reaching out and trying to kill them as they move past. But she does not do it, and she does completely turn to stone on her little cave mountain area. And so Scylla is dead, and Cersei has ended that part of her life and the regret she may have of that. Once they pass by this area, they land on a beach to rest, and they stay there for three days. She explains to him who Stilla was and what she did to her, and he, they essentially have a conversation about regrets and that it is all right for them to have them, but not to essentially spend their whole life on them. And from having this conversation where he is just so open and willing to hear her and understand her, they become lovers on that beach. Um, and that's how the end of 25 is. At the end, um, during 26, um, they spend three days there enjoying each other's company and he him hearing her stories and understanding her as much as she has tried to understand him in the past. Um, they just really spend a lot of good quality time together until they decide to leave that beach and she must continue on the journey she has set out for herself. Um, that journey is going back to the island that started it all and taking some of those flowers that she used to make Glaucus immortal and taking them for herself, the flowers that grew from the blood of Kronos. Um, they pick many of those and she doesn't fully discuss, at least in this, in this time, what she's made to use them for, but she discussed with him that it may not work. And he's like, even if it doesn't work, we will come back and do it as often as you need it to do. So they do return to Ayaya and reconnect with Penelope, who, though she doesn't say anything, seems to quite easily tell that they are now more than just friends, more than just companions. Um, she doesn't get angry. She accepts it. And um, Cersei asks her, hey, I'm about to do this spell. Once again, she doesn't fully say what it is, but at this point, we're kind of figuring it out. Um, do you wish to come with us? Because we will be leaving after I do this spell. 
And she's like, no, I would like to become the new witch of Ayaya. So Penelope is now the new witch of Ayaya. And she's like, what will people think of my hair? Or should I dye my hair the same way? She's like, no, I will be the gray witch of Ayaya. <laughs> and let them all fear the spells that turned my hair gray. And that was just awesome. <laughs> Penelope is so cool. Um, and Telemachus and Cersei also have this conversation on what they plan to do if this spell does work, and that is that they can go wherever they want and be whoever they want to be together. Um, but they would not be spending any more of their time on Ayaya. Um, at, after this, these conversations, where she comes to terms with um, both of the other people on this island, she goes and does the spell with these flowers that she has just picked. She imagines the life for herself where she was human, um, and would be human until her dying day and how she would spend it with Telemachus and the children they may have and the reuniting she may have with her other son, Telegonus, and the joy and heartbreak that may happen within that. And she kind of revels in the hope of what that life may be to be as human as the gods say her voice is. And then after living in that possible future, and that hope, she decides to drink the spell, the same one that she gave to Glaucus that made him immortal, in the hope that the outside that would be made true would be that she would be human and allowed to live the human life she always wanted. And that is the end of Cersei. Oh my gosh. I thought, I honestly thought that these last three chapters were the best three chapters of the entire book. They were They're just, awesome. they were so beautiful, so poetic. So I, I can't, there's not enough words to say how much I loved these last three chapters because like, it was like this entire book was a prequel. This entire book was a prequel to what she could potentially have and do and be. And you get to make up your own story with what actually happens to her. And I love, I didn't know how much I loved a story that ended like that, but I love that ending. Where it's not necessarily like, you know, it's a happy ending, but she's potentially getting everything that she could ever possibly want. And I think you know yeah. that at least it was her own choice and yes. that in itself is a happy enough ending with yeah because there's it, it's life there's no way that nothing goes bad for her ever again for the rest of her 50 60 years if she does turn human but mm -hmm. at least she was able to make the choice and was not being restricted to the rules of titans and gods anymore as right. as much as any human isn't in this world yeah yeah, it was so good. And I like to think that the story she's telling, like the story we just read, is kind of like the story she tells to her grandchildren or something. Or like like the last few years of her life, she's like, I need to tell you my story. You may not believe me, but here it is. And that's almost like the very lovingly, it's very emotional, the writing and the, like the perspective that Madeline mm -hmm. Miller gave to it, this whole book. And I think that's, after this ending, I'm like, that's why it's like that. Like, mm -hmm. it's like she's telling the story to someone she loves. So she wants to fill it with as much emotion as she possibly can. Yeah. It's, it's really beautiful. It it's really so good. It was so beautiful. Like, the, the last three chapters make it 
make everything come together and like tie everything up so beautifully that it makes so much sense as to why so many people have talked about this book before Mm -hmm. now. Like this came out in 2018 and it immediately like almost overnight became a number one on the New Mm -hmm. York times bestsellers list. And there have been so many critics and uh, editors and all, all of those people in, in this world who have just raved over this book and I always, you know, I was always interested. My mom read it about a year ago and she was, she raves about this book. And so now, now that I've read it and experienced the entire thing for myself, I can now say I completely, completely understand all of the raving and good thoughts and good, uh, good sayings about this book. I thought it was, I really thought it was truly amazing. It was so, so great. I I completely agree. And I think I also, this is a weird thing, but one thing that's for those who believed in Greek myths back in the day, back in the day, meaning like 5,000 years ago, and those who also believe in them now, I always find it so interesting. I'm like, what do you think happens then? Because there's all these different intricate monsters that are in certain places. Like Scylla was always in this one, like, straight of water i'm like mm-hmm. we know people don't die there all the time anymore like what do you think happens and so just it was a weird nerd thing for me for her to be like i killed the monster that's why it doesn't happen anymore i was yeah. like oh that makes so much sense now yeah. that's why that no one dies there anymore yes <laughs> however i think that like the whole percy jackson perspective of it of like blaming what we consider like the bermuda triangle like one entrance to the Bermuda Triangle is Charbdis and Cilia. And so like that to me was also a good way of bringing it to the present of like, you know, everyone knows that the Bermuda Triangle is a potential hazard zone. Like stuff happens in this zone that no one can really explain and no one can really understand. And I thought that it was really interesting bringing the, the old myths to new age times and Mm -hmm. making it tie together. So I think that this was also another great way to tie up those loose ends because I agree with you, you know, like, what do you say? Like there are like, you know, the monsters that go down to Tartarus and like, we always know that like monsters don't die. They go down there and they're reborn where are they right now? Are they just being reborn? Are they just slowly being reborn and all of them are gone right now? Are they being reformed as like in human looking bodies? Mm. And that's what we like the terrible the things demons. that we see. Yeah. We are our own demons. We are our Ted own Bendy was the Minotaur. Monsters. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, so I I thought it was really great that she was like, you know what? Hey, Pa, come down here. I'm ready to talk. Father, it's time for us to talk. Worst um, father of the year award goes to Helios. Oh worst my Worst father gosh. of the millennium. Are you kidding? Of all Since time. creation. Yes. <laughs> we thought Pharaoh's dad was beating bad. out, uh, what's his name? Kronos. Narrowly beating out oh. the father who ate his own children. But still. At least he was honest about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, Kronos was awful. <laughs> um... But yeah, so it was, uh, you know, I'm so glad that she took it upon herself to be like, you know what? I am no longer going to stay hidden and stay, oh, 
you know, stay abandoned on my island for convenience for you because you've never shown me love. It's literally just better for you to keep an alliance with Zeus that I stay on this island. I no longer want to be that for you. So I'm going to, like, whether you get my pardon or not, I'm leaving tomorrow. It's happening. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I just was like, what a power move by her. I, like, I was already in love with her in before now, but that just solidified it. I was like, girl, you preach. I am on your side 100%. There's 100%. no way. Like, any any bad thoughts that I ever had about the sorceress Cersei before this book are completely just, they're gone. Like, they're no longer relevant. And whether this book is just a, you know, a, uh, interesting respun, respun telling of a, retelling mm-hmm. of a story that is spun to make you like her, whether it is that and whether it's, you know, don't care, whatever. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't care. This is just, yeah, this has been an amazing, amazing read. Top, top five of my year. I've only and read I think two it's... books this year, but top five. I mean, three? I might be three. This will be three. Woo! Oh, four, because I read the selection. <laughs> anyway, irrelevant. But I think this comes back. I think we are talking, it was either this season or last season. I was like, my worst nightmare is being immortal because I cannot yes. imagine living with myself and for right. all eternity and watching everyone I love die. And this book and that is a main theme throughout this whole book is she mm-hmm. hates that she is both immortal, but also not loved by either gods or humans. Yes. And she hates it. And she, this is like the truest, like power. Like I am choosing for myself to no longer be mortal and no longer have to live with what I believe is a curse. Yeah. Even if I've never spoken it out loud for mm-hmm. millennia. Yeah. Like whenever she was like, you know, my so son, good. I am going to have to watch my son get more wrinkles than I have. I'm going to have to watch him grow gray hair, even though I can't. I'm going to have to watch him as his bones get brittle and he can no longer walk and talk and stand. And I am going to have to watch as my son deteriorates into, you know, to dust you shall return. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I just thought that that was such a raw emotion of her just being like, I hated this before, but I hate this now. And, you know, and if it actually worked, then she may potentially look older than her son. So, like, whenever her son, I I know that whenever she was like, you know, he may never get married, he may never have children, all that stuff. She was like, real, real quick, like, this, my son is gay. Like, she was like, my son is gay. Yeah. But, like, if he ever decides to to have children of his own, then she will actually look like a grandmother and mm-hmm. not, like, this random weird, you know, Adeline shit and, you know, yeah. outlive her her children and, and not have aged a day. And, That's yeah, so... I, I can never understand why gods would want to have... Ch- I know, like when you're in love things just like happen is a lot of the excuses but i would never want to have a god 
if I was a god or any immortal being, I would never want to have kids that I knew yeah. weren't immortal as well. Like, yeah. that would kill me. Like, they say, like, a, a parent is never supposed to bury their child. And yeah. that would be your constant life if you were just having children with mortals. You know, that makes me think, like, you know, uh, as far as the the Olympian gods go, the majority of the time, the ones that have kids are the men. Like, Athena is a maiden. Artemis is a maiden. Uh, Demeter's not, but Demeter doesn't really have a whole lot of, like, uh, Her only child, the main god she had, or child she had was um, Persephone, which was via Zeus. Yeah, so, like, she was full-on god. So, like, she wasn't going to die. And then Hera only has children yeah, Aphrodite, Aphrodite is the only kids. one that... But she's, she's like, the excuse of, like, I, she's the goddess of love. She's going to yeah. love and want to produce more love in the world. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah, but, like, it makes sense that, you know, the women of the Olympians don't want to have children because they mm-hmm. don't want to see their children die. Or, at the very minimum, they don't want to have non-immortal children they don't want to have mortal children because they don't want that to happen because they do form emotional attachments as you see with athena and odysseus and athena Mm -hmm. was like if i can't have him then i'm gonna have the next best thing which is his blood his kin his children so you know it's uh which like same that's why i like i couldn't i couldn't do it yeah I couldn't do it either. Like, I dread, I know this is not the same as having a child, but I freaking dread the day that Trinity. Oh, don't like, even get me. <laughs> All right, we're going to move past it. Y'all know what we're talking about, but we're going to move past it because otherwise we're not going to get off that topic. Um, But yeah, totally, totally understand why she would want to be human. And, you know, like, I didn't really agree with her with being like, yeah, out of the men that I've slept with, let me have Odysseus's kid. Of all of them, let's be let it be this one. I didn't really agree with her on that. I didn't agree with her um, also not telling him that she was going to have oh, yeah. a child. But you know, she she has faults. Like everyone has faults. It's what makes you human. It's what mm-hmm. makes you a good character. Like you can't. She would have chosen Dodalus yeah. if they had more time. Yeah. I think the issue mm-hmm. was is just Odysseus was there and there for the longest amount of time. Where she's like, we've spent enough time together that I feel comfortable with this. Yeah. Even if she didn't bring it up with him, which is very very bad. Like that's yeah. very inappropriate. But that's her in her mind, her reasoning of why Odysseus and not Dodalus. Like, if she had Dodalus for this long as she had Odysseus, first of all, Dodalus would have never left that island. But, oh, yes. Agreed. But she would have had probably multiple kids with Dodalus. Yeah, like, probably. But she probably would have tried to figure out how to, like, she might have been able to convince Dodalus to go and get those, um, those herbs for her, those flowers for her. And just been like, you don't touch them. Like, make sure that you wear gloves, wear whatever protective gear you can. But Dodalus probably would have gone and gotten them for her. And like, if she was like, I want to be human, if she had come up, I don't know if it took her that long to come up with this idea or what, but like, she's probably been mulling on this idea forever. And been like, everyone says that I have a human voice. Everyone says that, you know, of all of the gods and nymphs and 
you know, immortal creatures that they've seen, I look the most human. Maybe that's because I'm supposed to be human. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if she's just been thinking about this ever since she realized that it showed people's true form, that she was like, holy shit, I need to get back and get me some of that. So I don't know that she was ready to realize that when she knew Dodalus. So I I would almost wonder if she would have tried to give the I don't think Dodalus would have done it, but tried to give it to Dodalus to make him immortal similar to Glaucus. Oh. If that would have happened, him and Hephaestus would have just been battling for all eternity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Literally. No, it happened the way it was supposed to, but it was Mm -hmm. just... Yeah, and considering that that's the only myth that we know of Cersei, who knows if that's how it actually ended up. Like, there's not that many tales of hers, you know? Like, other, other than the Odyssey she's not mentioned in very much else right Mm -hmm. not canonically that we've read at least i mean there's so many different like bardic retellings like there's more retellings of the greek myths than just um the homerian versions Mm -hmm. but there's like i'm sure we could find plenty to read about cersei but just like we were doing a simple doodle search to be like Mm -hmm. luke heligonis like, wait, does Telemachus get with Cersei? Like, what's happening? And we got so many different results. Like, yes, sometimes Cersei gets with Telemachus, but sometimes it's also, um, what's Penelope the other Penelope gets island? with Telegonus. And- Penelope gets with Telegonus, and Calypso gets with Telemachus. Oh, yeah. So there's so, so many different, re- different retellings that it's like, I'm just going to choose the one that I just read, even though it is a retelling and not canonical to like the myths as they were being created. And I'm going to go with the one I like, which is her getting with her man, Telemachus, even though that's her stepson, kind of. But it's fine. Greek myths are weird. We just have to accept it. (laughs) I... They were good. They're good together. They're really good together. They are. He is... Other than Dadalus, he is actually, like, he's p- on par with Dadalus as far as, like, being, like, whatever you want is what we will do. And, you know, like, if you do not want to be with me, say no more. I will leave right now. And, you know, like, I'll leave you alone. Blah, blah, blah. Like, he was very, very good about being, like, I, I, you set your boundaries. I respect your boundaries. That's and that's it. it. So, I pulled out my, um... Iliad? No. Or Odyssey? My Percy Jackson, Battle of the Labyrinth. Because... That is canonical Greek myths right there. Yes, absolutely. Down to the letter. But um, something that we said made me think of this, and I was like... Oh, okay, okay. So I thought that in here, he had also said that Calypso's Island was called the name of Cersei's Island, which... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Which is not the correct. I, I don't. Once again, we have never looked up how to pronounce we have that. It. And I'm so I'm so sorry, anyone who is Greek. We are not doing this to be offensive. It's just too much fun to say a yaya that we can't yeah. stop at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. So I looked up because Calypso is in Percy Jackson, and her her island is named Ogigia. And that, so it sounds like just off the cuff, I was like, is, did he get that wrong and say that her island was the same as Calypso's island? 
but no, it's Ogigia and Ayaya. Ayaya. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so moving on. Um, moving on. So we want to keep some time. We are going to rush through these three chapters a little bit. And we've already started talking about the book in general as a, like, a fair bit as well. But we are going to move along for just three these three mm-hmm. chapters. Favorite character, yes. favorite quote. And then we will discuss a little bit of the book overall. But you guys... I think oh, yeah. you can figure out our opinions. Yes. Um, and then we'll do final wrap up of overall favorite characters, overall favorite quote, and then our book ranking, which for this book, we already decided our emoji is going to be five out of five pigs, yeah. which is very much not the main focus of this book. It is like that she does so much more than oh, the yeah. pigs, but it's called Cersei. So we right, have yeah. to. And it's blank out of five pigs. We haven't technically given it five yet. So it's oh I yeah that I meant yeah just just you know not that wasn't a spoiler you guys that is not a that is not a spoiler for my ranking or anything I was I was meaning out of five pits yes. emoji yeah so uh I have my my favorite we only have four this round for as far as uh oh yeah <laughs> this is an easy yeah ranking. so easy bottom at right least. so. At the bottom of the pack, I put Helios because how can you not? Duh. Like, none of the other characters here are, I mean, they are light years ahead of uh, of Helios as far as, you know, interestingness, uh, goodness, which I know that those interesting morality all of the above like they're just better fatherhood ability characters better people better uh personalities all around just better so helios bottom of the Mm -hmm. freaking pile he's probably bottom of the pile overall but you know it is what it is and uh you know then above that you know the top three are really hard for me to place because like you know they all have their amazing qualities. Actually, it's just two and three that's hard to place. Number one, y'all already know what number one is. Like, it's been the same throughout all seven of these episodes. And, um, but, like, it's hard for me to decide which way to place two and three. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to place Telemachus at third. Uh, mm-hmm. and Pe- oh, really? Yeah, and Penelope at second. Okay, okay. Because of Penelope's like because of her last interaction they were just so strong that I was just like you know what I really like you like you've grown a lot on me like you came here a little bit deceptive but you were only trying to protect you yourself and your son and so I understand I understand wish you would have let me in on the on the news the details blah blah blah. but i totally understand i get it we can move past that and i think that you know she's a stand-up person she's a fierce person like she was whenever she was like you know i think i have some uh some experience with some unwanted guests i think i can handle it and i was just like you know what you go girl. such a good quote <laughs> <laughs> you go girl and um so i think i put penelope second I mean, just barely above Telemachus, but Telemachus was, he was very submissive in these last three chapters. He was very just kind of like, you know what, whatever you want, you got like, 
Yes, dear. You mean yes, listening? Or <laughs> you mean he listened? Yeah, no. The bar was on the floor and he stepped over. Yeah, the bar was on the floor and he was like, you know what? Whatever you want. Yes, ma'am. And because, oh, Lord. Like, Mary, you know, sleeping with the, I don't even know, I'm a five, I don't know where you're going person, with this. Um, oh, who okay. has also slept with your father. Uh, I mean. Very different people. Yeah, no, they're totally Odysseus different people. Odysseus and Talabacus. Good. Like, In good <laughs> ways, yeah. No, I totally get why. Like, I understand why Cersei was attracted to both of the men. Both separately. And because they come from the same. Like, you know. They have a lot of similarities that make them attractive, but they have a lot of differences that also make them attractive. And I totally understand her decision to sleep with both of them. I do. I just think it's a little weird. It's a little, you know, it is a little, you know, it's, it's weird until you remember this is Greek mythology and then you're like, okay, it all makes sense. No, but it was a little, you know, Monica Richard and, uh, what's his name? Mm -hmm. Monica Richard and. Trevor? No, that's right. That's not right. Tanner, that is not right. What's the dude's name? We're talking about friends. Yes, I'm sorry. I diverted. I was making a friends reference and then I can't remember the dude's name. And then number one is Cersei. Yes, number one is Cersei. Hands down. Um, Yes. Uh, Number one is Cersei because like, how could she not be? His name's Timothy. So it's a whole Monica, Richard, and Timothy thing that, you know, actually worked out in the end. But yes, so Cersei, number one, like, how can she not be? She's just, she's amazing. She decided that despite everything that she's been through and despite what could happen to her by asking for her to be released from her, uh, from her exile, she was like, you know what? I don't care what happens to me. I want to take control of my life and I want to make my own fucking decisions and do what I want to do. And I am just like, I know. I'm just like, you, you are my idol now. Like to come from what she came from and to end up how she did is just amazing to me. And like, there are a lot of people in my life who I'm like, holy crap, you are amazing to me because of stuff that they went through and that they overcame and overpowered. And, and I'm just like, I, I idolize you because I don't think I could have done it, but yeah. So I pretty much agree with first and last. Um, so last is obviously Helios because he's a piece of shit um, uh-huh. and just a horrible father. Um, we thought Thera's dad was bad. He is bad. Also bad. Helios is the worst <laughs> of all time. So he's last. But I'm going to put very, very slightly under Penelope third. Okay. Uh, because as much as I love her, and I think she, like everything you said, I totally agree with. She's a very strong character. I'm so glad that she wasn't made out to be like this jealous wife or anything. I think she's very real and honest. And I love that about her. Th- these three chapters make me have a little bit of a crush on Telemachus. So mm-hmm. he is very slightly second. I also have, like, I also very much love Penelope, but 
Televakis, he was just so it's very much like the bar is on the floor and I shouldn't be this obsessed about a man just like being like, I accept and respect you. I will do whatever you need me to mm-hmm. do. I shouldn't be this excited about that, but based on the rest of the yes. men from this book, true. barring the dollars, it is something to be very excited mm-hmm. about. So that is why he is very slightly above in second. And then obviously Cersei in first because she's amazing and I love her. And She's the only rich, wi- rich witch I need. It's apparently what I want yeah. to say. But I love her so much, and she is number one. And spoiler alert for my overall book ranking, she is also yeah. number one. Same here. <laughs> so favorite quote. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go ahead and just do mine because mine's kind of short. So mine surprisingly actually involves Helios um, because it is the very last things they ever say to each other, as far as we know in this book. And um, he is like essentially stomping off to go talk to Zeus because she completely destroyed him in the argument. And he says, you have always been the worst of my children. He said, be sure you do not dishonor me. I have a better idea. I will do as I please. And when you count your children, leave me out. Yeah. And I was just like, yes, queen. (laughs) That is how you end that, that very abusive, very toxic relationship. Just be like, okay, we're done then goodbye no I totally agree with you I loved that quote I was like oh yes oh my gosh yes like she is not shown dominance in that manner in all of this book and I was just like oh that was the burn you should have saw coming from a mile away and yet you didn't and yet you felt it full on and I love it so much and yeah I I love that quote as well however my favorite quote is right is like the page before the last for the for the end of the book and mm-hmm. it is i know how lucky i am stupid with luck crammed with it stumbling drunk and and i thought that that was an amazing quote mainly because i would not have considered her to be that lucky of a person considering her upbringing and what she had to go through to get to this point but I understand why she thinks that she is so lucky because it took all of that to get her here and now what she has she has so much more of an appreciation for it now that she has gone through all of that and it's just I thought that that was just such a beautiful quote of, of her being like you know what I am lucky I am just overcome with the the opportunities and the abilities and like the opportunity and ability to grow old I could potentially have that that is such amazing Mm -hmm. luck for a person who hates immortality so I love that quote mainly for that reason and that's my favorite quote of the entire book gotta say (gasps) just gonna announce that's what for anyone who may see the video, I don't know why you would, of me right then. I was looking for my favorite quote, and my favorite quote is not my favorite quote from these last three chapters. But if we want to just switch it up, we can just... Do you want to talk more about the book as a whole? Honestly, I feel or like whenever we started, go straight we into... really got into like the book as a whole. We were like, you know what? It's a beautiful piece of writing. These last three chapters really you know, brought out everything that we loved Madeline about Madeline Miller oh my God. did... did it and 
just so you guys know, you will have we have been totally convinced to read Madeline Miller more in the future. <laughs> you will be hearing Song of Achilles coming to your ear hole soon. Not that we're gonna read it, but we're gonna talk right, about yes. it. But you will be hearing that very soon, I'm sure, because this I get it now. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, what they can't be that. I always get it's it's a little part of me that was like a rebellious, like emo kid growing up that I'm like this, it's too mainstream. It can't yes. be that good. Like I can't, I was it can't be that good. I was totally. It's that, that good. It's that yeah. good. <laughs> like, please do yourself the service of reading this book. It. Uh, we are not sponsored in any way. I wish I we were, but we don't need to be to just rave this much about this book. It's so good. It does deal with some very sensitive mm-hmm. topics, um, such as like rape and sexual assault. Please, so please read the trigger be, warnings be, before. Be warned. Yeah. Yeah. Be warned. Um, but. If it is something that you can deal with, it is a very oh, yeah. worthwhile read. And it does not do it for a shock factor. It does not do it to, as a plot point, it is very much, it it is not just thrown and cast aside. It is a very integral to what is mm-hmm. happening and done in a very respectful yeah. way. It's done in a way you can tell it was written by a woman, <laughs> is what I'll say. Mm. Because it is very respectful mm. and while it would be, it is a, somewhat triggering to people who have experienced things like that, it is not, it is not done for shock value and to be triggering. It is just, that is her life and what has happened to yeah. her. And it's very honest in that telling yeah. and not very graphic. Either. No, no. I thought that that, I mean, the sensitive topics were handled extremely well. This book was, I, it, it quite literally is a work of art. It was an amazing read and um, the imagery that she puts together in this novel is just unsurpassable. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm going to use it. And, you know, mm-hmm. like it was, it was such beautiful writing, such beautiful, uh, like I didn't know, like I've cried over a lot of books. I did not cry over this book, but I felt it deep in my soul. Like it was, yeah. it was one that, you know, it was, I feel like I gained a lot of, you know, they, the, experts say that if you read that you are, that you become smarter and, you know, like it expands your, your brain waves and understanding and all that. And I feel like I, I gained a lot of understanding from this book. I feel like, you know, I, there were a lot of stuff that I might not have seen as clearly before this book. And mm-hmm. I, it was it was a really good read, you guys. If you haven't noticed, I think also uh, another thing I like about this book is that we discussed this very early on. Um, I think, but so much of history and mythology has been written and told by men. Uh, yes, and to have a woman take back her, it, it, whether or not you believe in the Greek myths, I'm not going to like say anything about that. But this is very much women taking their yeah. power back is what it, this book feels like. Like I am more, I am the witch of a Yaya, but I am more than just this scary person who turned men into pigs. I am a daughter of a Titan. I am the strongest witch that has ever mm-hmm. lived. And here is my story. It is not defined or to be written by men any longer. And that is Great. something I love yes. so much about yes. this because so often like, I don't have my water cup with me, but I have, I, I, I love feminist stickers. And one of them that I have that says anonymous is often a woman because 
if mm -hmm. history and the stories that are told later are only told by one certain group, be that men, be that um, white people, be that the colonizers, the people in power, you're going to miss out on such rich new perspectives and um, the, uh, essentially the truth, because if it's only being told by one side, you're not getting the true picture. Yeah. And I that's one thing I love so much about this book is, yes, this is just her perspective, but it feels so much truer and realer than the perspective that has been essentially preached to us before. And that has really colored the way we view this entire mythology surrounding her for thousands of years. Yeah. And it's, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It was, yeah. It like, I don't know how y'all could have made it to this point and not read the book with, along with us, but if you haven't read this yet, please read it, suggest it to all of your friends and or listen to it on Audible. Just consume it in some yes. way. I don't care how you consume it. Just do yeah. it. It was a definitely a worthwhile read. I will say that like it is definitely slow paced at some parts, but those slow paced parts are necessary to the story. But it was so worth it in the end. Such a fantastic book. Fantastic read. And, you know, if we had not been reading this at such a slow pace, I probably would have read it a whole lot faster than over a seven week period. One night. Yeah. One yeah, night. We, we have been stretching this out mainly to like try and squeeze as much, you know, enjoyment, yeah, enjoyment. And like, uh, what is and I appreciate us doing that as much as I wanted to just sit down and read the whole book. It There's so much that happens in each four chapters mm -hmm. that we, it almost, deserves yes. like there's so much well written and imagery and storytelling yep. and history that goes into each chapter mm -hmm. that reading it chapter by chapter in the way that we have honestly does this book a lot of justice and I feel like I've gotten a lot more out of it than I would have just reading it in a night or two days yeah. like left to my own devices that's all it would have taken yeah. compared to actually digging into oh my gosh, this is so important that's happened. Or did this actually happen in the Greek mythology? Yeah. Or the way she reacted to this reminds me so much of myself mm -hmm. and so many of my female friends and how they've had to deal with things like yeah. this. Like Reading it in this manner allows you to digest and absorb everything in small bits and pieces. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, if you consume a book in, an, in one sitting, which I do a lot of the time, by the end of it, you're like, holy shit, that was a great read. But what the hell did I just read? Like, you don't remember a whole lot of And specifics. it all blurs together yeah. Yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this felt like almost it, the way we read it, which however you want to consume your media, I'm not going to tell you. But I'm really glad we did this book in this way because it almost felt, I don't want to use the word worship because that's a weird word to use, but it felt like very not reminiscent, but I think worship is the best word I can think of at this moment where it's actually like, I appreciate you in this writing and what I'm trying to gain from this enough mm -hmm. to take my time yeah. with it. Yeah. I still can't think of the word, but neither we're, of us we're not have good with words, words today. Tonight. It's all right. Uh, but yeah, so. But with that, do we want to go into favorite characters in the whole? How many fucking characters the are The whole there? thing. I'm not totally sure. Okay, let's go. Helios, Purse, Purses, Pazifae, Aetes, Glaucus, Glaucus, Glaucus. Scylla, technically spoke. 
Um, Didalis Minos Briadne. I don't know that Icarus spoke, so I'm not going to count him. Um, then Odysseus definitely is in there. I'm not including the nymphs. Uh, Hermes, Athena, Apollo is in there. Teladonis, Telemachus, Penelope. And Circe. And Circe, obviously. That's what we're going to go with. Yeah, so bottom of the pile, gotta say, is probably the mother. It's hard, isn't it? The fucking mother. Purse? Yeah, purse. She sucked so much. Like, she is the definition of an absent mother. Like, you don't get that a lot. You don't get mothers who... Narcissistic mother. Yeah, you don't get a lot of people who are like... I can't stand my children. I don't want to be around them. Like, I only want children who are going to benefit me in some manner. You don't get that a lot. And whenever you do have that, like, that just... You know, I may not want to have children, but if God ever does decide to give me children, I will love them so freaking fiercely. Like, I I will Mm -hmm. be a force to be reckoned with if I have children. So, you know, there's, there's her... And then probably Helios barely above her because he just sucked ass the whole time. Like, you know, he he put her on the island to maybe potentially help her out, like not get her killed by Zeus. But like it was just the the least like gory way to handle a problem of his. And Like, he was not a loving father, not a devoted father, and he was like, literally, you are the worst of my children. Which, like, don't, you don't say that to anyone. Holy crap. Also, what a mess up, mess up breaking system. You have Aetes, I torture people for on, Pasiphae, I fucked a cow, and Perses, I have a woman chained up in my basement, and fucked his sister. sister. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> You're the worst bro. of my children because you want to leave an island. Yes. <laughs> How dare you want to live your own life and make like make mature adult decisions that don't harm anyone. Silly else. woman. Um then probably above the two of them is probably Glaucus. Uh oh wow. Okay. Uh, Glaucus was just an asshole who was just trying to like the only reason he liked her in the first place was because of her blood status and not because of who she was. And so he was just an ass. And, you know, like whenever she decided to be like, you know what? I made him and he just disappeared into the night. I was like, you know what? You deserve to be embarrassed because he was like, no, I'm just, I'm just that good, bro. I did it. It was just me. I'm just like ready to be a god. uh, Yeah, we suck at being such a frat boy energy. Yes. Frat boy energy cannot find the clit. Like that's just canonically. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. And then probably above that is probably uh, the brother purses. Which one? Uh, okay. Because he was just, oh my God. I gotta say, he made me nervous. Like his, whenever he would look at her, I would just be like, oh no, that's not good. Um, I didn't like him. And then the more I heard about him, the more I was just like, you know what? We should just like. We had good instincts. Yeah, no, we totally did. Uh, then above him is probably Aetes. Aetes took a fucking nosedive after like chapter f- 10. And 
you know, never recovered. He was just a straight up asshole the whole time. And whenever he showed up on the island was like, it was your fucking job to like do what I need you to do at the perfect time. Like you should have kept her here. Like that was your job. And she's like, excuse me. Get off my but, yeah. <laughs> Please leave. I know I owe you nothing. In fact, you probably owe me a lot, but whatever. Yeah. You've given me nothing. I raised <laughs> you. I changed yeah, your I'm diapers. Um, yeah, then probably above AETs is probably the sister, Pacifae, uh, because, like, she literally only wanted Cersei there to make sure that the Minotaur didn't die and to gloat at the fact that now she was going to be even more infamous than she already was and just be like, you know what? I birthed a fucking monster. You can't say that, sis. Huh? <laughs> And I'm like, that is not something that you should be boasting about, madam, but whatever. Moving on. Um, I fucked a cow. Fuck you. Yes. Um, I got fucked by a cow, actually. Yes. It's truer. It's but... so sad that oh all gosh. of the family members are below Hermes, but Hermes is probably next. Because, um, yeah. like, he was an ass, too. Fair enough. And... <laughs> I don't even know it. I can't even say enough about him about why I don't like him. But um, you know, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't have any qualms with him before this book, but I do now. Uh, <laughs> like, if y'all are active practitioners of Greek mythology, this is only based yes, off of this, this book. I would like to say, please don't of, take offense. Yeah. Don't curse us. Yeah. Like, we are just trying, we're just basing off of this book yes. and the representation therein. Yeah, um, yeah so, like, just solely yeah, based off of these me. 385 <laughs> pages, not based off of their original myths, not based off of, you know, Percy Jackson, not based off of anything else, just based off this book. Hermes is an ass and des- deserves to barely be above. Hermes was also an ass and Percy Jackson, though. Let's be real. He- Hermes was a very absent father who did not help literally raise the worst villain in the original five books. Well, I could under... We're not going to get into that now. We're not going to get into that now. Um, we'll, t- we'll get into that afterwards. Yeah, we'll talk about that <laughs> Bryn will debate me about Hermes and um, Percy Jackson. Above Hermes is probably Apollo... I don't really have a whole lot to say other than he was like, you know what? I'm going to force a prophecy on you, whether you like it or not. And, um, assault. Yeah. <laughs> then above him is probably Athena as much as I hate to say it. She, she's the person that mm-hmm. I like <laughs> of all the gods. She's the one that I, uh, align myself the most with. Uh, and like, if, if Artemis had children, I would probably choose Artemis, but Artemis is a maiden goddess, and uh, Athena only births children out of her brain. But, I mean... According to Percy Jackson. But, yeah, so uh, Athena is above Apollo. Uh, Dodalus, Odysseus, uh-huh. Telegonus, Telemachus, Penelope, Circe. Are we including Prometheus? Oh, shit. Then, honestly, probably Scylla, Scylla, Cilia, Cilia. Goes above Athena? Yeah, huh? Yeah. Scylla. Yeah, her, because, like, she was 
she spoke for all of half a chapter and then was turned into a monster and killed a bunch of people. But like her monster self wasn't actively aware of her previous nymph self. So good for right. her. So I like, I don't re- like, she wasn't exactly a great person, but I don't know if she was worse than the gods or her, or Cersei's family. Obviously, she wasn't a great person because her true oh, self yeah. was a satanic That's monster that liked to eat That people. is very, very true. Uh, but she's better than the gods, which says a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, then, probably above uh, the monster, whose name we haven't really totally figured out how to pronounce, is probably Odysseus. Uh, you know, he took a nosedive off the deep end once he got back to civilian life and was like, I have nothing to do. Let me just kill everything in sight. <laughs> Give me a war. Yes. Um, yeah, he he was just... I was just lukewarm on him while he was on the island. Uh, and then, you know, he decided to fight his own son and, like, push his other son into being a murderer and um you know there's just a bunch of stuff wrong with him in general so uh probably odysseus uh okay then probably penelope uh you know like okay she was obviously she grew a lot in 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 my uh likeness of her in the last three chapters just because she was like you know what i don't want to be around people i want to be my own thing i want to learn how to do witchcraft and i want to be the great-haired witch of ayaya and that's what i'm gonna be hell yeah and big mood honestly big mood i think i could thrive in a place where like if i could get outside this apartment like if i could have a place for me to live but still be alone. Oh shit! I just about knocked my. I hit my uh my mirror. You would break yeah. everything. Is what we yeah. just learned. No, but I I think if I had enough room to move more than twenty feet in either direction, I think I would thrive being by myself. Um, as long as I had animals with me, like we discussed last time. But because like. I don't, I don't want to talk to myself too much. You know, that just, anyway, I do. I, anyway. I mean, I do too, but like, I don't want to get too far down the road. Uh, but yeah. So then above Penelope, it's probably Telegonus. Uh, you know, he was a loud, whiny, uh, just ungrateful child. Like he did not. Yeah. He did not like the fact that his mother was such a giving person. He did not give back to his mother at all. And, you know, like, he seemed like he turned out to be meh. He was decent. But he could have been better. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, yeah so, like. He was still a yeah, child, to, to be, be fair. fair. 16, but also, he's not fully developed. We don't like children. <laughs> if you haven't noticed. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so like, he's probably right there, uh, just because like, he is her child, so he's part her, and so that makes him just a little bit higher, because he did probably save her sanity for a while, um, but yeah, and then I gotta say, Telemachus is probably above him, and, uh, 
just because out of all of the people that she could have ended up with, I wanted her to end up with Dadala so much that I can't put Telemachus above him. I just can't. So, mm. you know, I like Telemachus, yeah. but I loved Dadalus. Like, Dadalus was, like, he was the bar. And, you know, like, he, he was the bar. And, um, and then, of course, Cersei is first. And I think that that is all of our characters. But, yeah. The only one we missed was Prometheus. Oh, yeah. But he was there for, like, half a chapter. So it's not, like, we're not really including yeah. him. Because... He's not really that relevant. Right. Yeah. So for mine, I am going to put Helios okay. last. Because not only is he a horrible father, but he's also a man. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but I, that's mostly a joke. But I, I think he... The thing is why I'm placing him below Purse, which is the mother, is because Purse didn't have any power. She was a horrible mother, but she didn't have any power to actively abuse their children with really like other than just the fact she was the lady of the house he did and he did use them abuse his yeah. power and a and his children with it so that is why he is last for me mm -hmm. because if you have power with great power comes great responsibility like <laughs> that like dumb spider-man quote but it's true like you have more power therefore you should be a you should act better because you have more power so he is last for me, then purse, and then I'm gonna say purses okay. because everything about him gives me the oh, yeah. TVs, and I hate him a lot. <laughs> um, then I'll say Glaucus because that frat boy energy makes me hate life. Um, then I'm probably missing some people. Oh well, Aetes. Because I really thought he was going to be the good brother. And then he just did such a 180 yeah. just like into the ground. Like he just got a shovel and he's like, I can dig real fast. And so he is right above Glaucus because he's, he just as much tw by the end, seeing how he ended up as many heebie yeah. he's, he's just an awful yeah. person. Um, then I'm going to go with Pasiphae because she's very interesting, but she's, an awful human being <laughs> in every way. Um, so that's all of her family. Then please tell me if I forget someone also, if you think they would probably be lower for me. Then I think I'm going to put Scylla because she was there for half a chapter. And one of the difference in our rankings, as you dear listeners know, is that I rate based on how interesting a character is and her storyline is not for horror interesting. She is just like that like courtier bitch who gets turned into a monster and just eats people, which like good for her, but it's not that interesting until Cersei is taking back her own regrets and mistakes and mm -hmm. kills her. Like that's much more interesting for Cersei's storyline than Scylla itself yeah. herself. So then that is where she is, right above all the family members and Blockus, I guess. Then I will say I put Apollo next because he's awful, but he wasn't there that much to for me to fully say, like, you are just awful. Because I think in his mind, he's just like, this is a blessing. Yeah. Here's a prophecy. Like, he. Isn't that every man, though? I don't want to say that. Like, look at me, I'm fucking blessing. 
you should be glad I'm here. Oh, <sighs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, yes. But I, I just... The lack of understanding of how, like, awful he is is why he's slightly lower for me. Because I'm like, it's just, it feels like a lost cause type thing. Where I'm like, you can't even get how bad you're being. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's like, oh, well. Then Hermes, because he's just awful. And I hated, I both loved and hated, I loved in the fact that she could keep up with him and match his game. But I hated him for the fact that he felt the need to be playing yeah. this game with her all the time. And as soon as she didn't give him the exact reaction he wanted, he just yeah. left. Like, that's awful, and I hate you. <laughs> um, and then Athena, because as much as she was very much a villain for a good part of this book, at least she was very honest to the god she was supposed to be, and what her character was and i understood i understood where she was coming from as much as i hated it i was like you are just reason and wisdom incarnate yeah. you are neither good nor evil even though i hate you in right. this moment for what you're yeah. doing and then and then odysseus because he just went off the rails and i hate him I, I barely liked him when he was on the right, island same. with Cersei. Same. But once he went off the rail after leaving, I was just like, okay, I'm completely mm -hmm. done with you now. <laughs> completely done with you. Um, then I will say Telegonus because he's just a bratty child. And he's... He is a child, so I have to be like, you're still a child, but also your mother has done so much for you. Like, please just recognize that for once. <laughs> And he never yeah. does. As far as we see in this, this where the mm -hmm. book ends. Then Penelope, because she's awesome. I really love also what was done with her character, which we knew she was clever from the original myth, by the way. She would weave and then unweave at night. Like, that is a very clever thing to do, but just to expand upon that and be like, not only is she clever, she's the new witch of oh Yaya, and she's going to be damn she good. She is. I was very impressed with her being like, you know what? I... I watched you as you made all of these herbs. I think I got a decent understanding of them just from watching, you know. Like, thanks for giving me a tour, but I'm good. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. So cool. Love women's support. <laughs> um, then I would also put Telemachus, because even though I really do like him, and I think he's a very good man and good for Cersei, he Dallas is uh -huh. the bar like yeah. you said like he's just so good like the, just the this is, this is just showing how little we expect from men that just the quote of him in her bedroom being tell me to leave and I'll leave and we're like oh my gosh <laughs> true romance <laughs> like I know that says a lot about like us in society but it's so good yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he is my number two and then obviously Cersei is number one I love her so much she is incredible in every way uh honestly like a person to live yes. up to like I think also what I love about her so much is that she is imperfect she's right. not made to be like I I am perfect I've done everything right my whole life it's everyone else who has been the abuser in these situations she's like I've done some bad things but here's my reasoning and I'm like those are still bad things, but yeah. I get it. And I understand you and I respect you for acknowledging being it. honest. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I probably missed some someone, but 
I got I hit yeah. the highlights. That's my character yeah. ranking. And I will go ahead and do my favorite quote. Mm-hmm. Um, what chapter is this? My favorite quote is actually back a little bit from chapter 11, right after she found out what had become of the Dallas and mm-hmm. Icarus. And I went a sentimental route, but this quote is just so beautiful. And it's like one of those things, like, I hope that I can look back on my life and be able to say this about someone. Um, and it's, but in a solitary life, there are rare moments when another soul dips near yours. A star once, a stars once a year brush the earth. Such a constellation was he to me. Oh. I just think it's so beautiful. Just saying like, yes, we didn't have long. Yes, it was very short-lived, but he was a star in my life and I will always remember him. And I just think that's a beautiful thing to think about anybody mm-hmm. And I would say I would say that about you, Bryn, but you're you're not allowed I'm to not like get going anywhere, from me. girl. You are stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. I like we are not just the stars passing through. I'm like, no, you're stuck yeah, with no, me. <laughs> I'm gonna lasso your star, and you're coming with me. Yeah, no. I think we've already established that we're not going anywhere in each other's lives anytime soon. So, like I said, my favorite quote was the. I know how lucky I am. Stupid with luck. Crammed with it. Stumbling drunk. Because, like, everyone wants to have that kind of luck. And it might not be the way that you thought that you would get it. And it might not be the way that you wanted to get it. But whenever you acknowledge it and you're like, holy shit, I've had a pretty damn good life. Like, I've had, I've had luck at every turn. And... I, you know, I'm just now realizing it and I'm just now coming to terms with it, but wow, I'm glad that I had it when I did, even if I didn't recognize it then I recognize it now. And I think that that's a Mm -hmm. great, great quote for everything that she's gone through and everything that she wants to have in the future. And I think that that's, this is just such a beautiful work of, uh, piece of work you guys like we could have chosen any quote like i could open up the book at a page and just been like you know what that quote is the best quote of the book because all of them are freaking amazing and she's a very skilled author like it's amazing yeah we listed all of her ability or abilities we listed all of her education and you know how far she has gone to make sure that she is both a qualified and b you know uh equipped to write a piece of work like this and boy did she deliver she really really did Mm -hmm. so i i gotta say i'm gonna go ahead and give my ranking of this book yeah so i (laughs) like i said in Court of Mist and Fury. Y'all are going to get tired of me using, like, saying this, but, like, it, the bar is both so low and so high. Like, there's, like, I don't know what the heck is going to be lower than than this, but, like, this book is, pro- is at the top of the four-star ratings for me. I don't know if it's a number five. Really? I don't know if it's five stars. Like, I, there were some, the slow parts in the middle take it down just below that point for me um just because like her just gardening for an entire chapter was just like okay i get it like you're honing your skills like we could have 
you know, move past that a little bit quicker. Um, so I think that there were a mm-hmm. couple slow spots that make this not be a five star novel for me. But of the of the four star novels so far, it is at the top of the four star novels. And you know, like it's it was such a great work, pace of work, and I don't know what's going to be above it. I don't know. Obviously, the other two that you've heard so far are below it. But um, yeah, I think it's it's four stars for me. How about you? Rewrite. Sorry. Um, so we have just made an executive yes. decision that we so can sorry. give half stars so you if we hear want to. This, we cut some stuff from before this. But so I'm actually going to give Cersei four and a half stars. Before this, we didn't. We hadn't discussed whether or not we can give half stars or not, but I'm going to give Cersei four and a half stars. Um, Like I said, I don't know what is going to be an entire, like, beautiful, perfect five-star novel, but this is pretty freaking darn close. So I'm going to give it four and a half stars. Mm And the reason why we did this is because I knew from the get-go I wanted to give four and a half stars, but I didn't, I was like, I think this book deserves to be at four yeah. and a half stars. I don't know what a five-star book like looks like mm-hmm. to me, because I'm pick, I'm pickier to you just like overall, like I'll give a book two stars, like no problem if I really don't yeah. like it. But I think this book deserves to be four and a half stars because neither of us, I, I agree it was slow at some points. I think those were important to like fully understanding like her yeah. life on this solitary <laughs> island no, like it. with no one around I but it was slow yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but it's 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 like a balance between that that i don't know what a five-star book looks like to me but i don't think this is it and maybe a years from now i'll look back and be like oh no that was right. a five-star book I don't know that I've ever read a five-star book, to be completely honest, looking back. Like, I, I love Harry Potter. I love Percy Jackson. I love all of those. But I was a kid just wanting to consume media. Like, I'm not going to say those looking back are five-star, like, content right, of books. Yeah. But this book deserves to be a 4.5 mm-hmm. stars to me, which brings, on average, us to 4. being 4.5. 4.5 oinkers. 5 pigs. <laughs> Oink oinks. And I think that's fair. Some people may come at us in the comments, like, why is this not a five-star book? Because neither of we'll know it when we yeah. read it. I think it's gonna be the yeah. thing. We'll know it when we read it. Yeah. And hopefully you guys may be able to experience that in our next season. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, stay tuned to hear about what the next season's novel is and you know, if we've gotten our... Which is right yeah, now. <laughs> and if we've gotten our planning correct, then we are about to head into the holiday season. So we are going to take a little bit of a break. You will, We will upload some shot episodes between now and when we start recording or uploading our season three novel, uh, season three novel episodes. But... You know, y'all have a lot to look forward to. We have a lot coming for you. And as far as seasons three novel, what y'all can look forward to, here we go. 
So guys, we are so excited to announce the book for our third season. Um, as we've talked about, we've wanted to be um, find really diverse authors. We tend to prefer female authors because we're two ladies mm -hmm. who don't want to read about a men writing women. I don't fucking care men's perspectives. Anyway, so we're so excited to announce our book for the third season. And that is Sabah Tahir's book, An Ember in the Ashes. It is... It has been out for a little bit, mm -hmm. but it's super popular still, and we're so excited to read it. Um, so I'm going to read the back of the book real quick, and then Brandon's going to tell us a little bit more about the author. Mm -hmm. So the back of the book that we have, which is the paperback with the cool woman and man on the front with a sword, mm -hmm. um, it is Leah is a slave. Elias is a soldier. Neither is free. Under the martial empire, defiance is met with death. Leia and her family do not challenge the empire. They've seen what happens to those who do. But when Leia's brother is arrested for treason, she is forced to make a decision. In exchange for help from rebels who promise to rescue her brother, she will risk her life to spy for them from within the empire's greatest military academy. There, Leia meets Elias, the school's finest soldier, and secretly, its most unwilling. He and Leia will soon realize that their destinies are intertwined and that their choices will change the fate of the Empire itself. Mm. That sounds it awesome. sounds so That's great. Hard. I'm really excited about this one. I have been for a while. Like, this was on the top of my TBR list before we. Yeah, I think this was one of the this. first 10 books oh, we yeah. put on our TBR. It is. Yes. Yeah, so. About Sabata here, she is a beautiful Pakistani American writer. She um every author that we've dealt with is beautiful. Oh my gosh. She's especially yeah. just like, oh my gosh, you're so yeah, hot. yeah. No, she's she's gorgeous. It's um everyone's beautiful, but yeah, she's just I don't know. It must be the bi coming out Un of me. Like unearthly. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's we're just gay. yeah <laughs> okay so she as of now she has had four um four ember in the ashen ashes books published and um five actually there's five books Ooh. hold on i'm on her website give me just a second I, did she just release the most recent one it's this year? called A Thief Amongst the Trees, Among the Trees, and it's an Ember in the Ashes graphic novel, which is very interesting. Ooh, I love a good graphic yes. novel. Yes. If it's done well, mm -hmm. like if any of you guys have seen the Artemis Fowls, I will always go back to the series. Look up pictures of that fucking graphic novel. It's horrendous. They all look like aliens. Anyway, continue. yes. So, uh, Sabah Tahir was originally a journalist, and in 2015, she had her first book published, which was An Ember in the Ashes. And since then, she's had five books published, and they have been published in 36 languages. And, uh, wow. you know, she like just amazing feats that she has completed in a very short amount of time. This first book came out in 2015 and since then she has become a New York Times bestselling author. She has had two or three uh, of her books be on the top 100 list. Uh, she has received numerous uh, awards for her work including, you know, Barnes and Noble Awards, Wall Street Journal Awards, and Weekly Entertainment Awards. So I 
am super duper excited to hear about this because like she was into writing before she actually wrote these books so um Mm -hmm. you know like she has her experience it doesn't go very much into like her uh, uh her website I might be able to find it somewhere else, but it doesn't really go into her education or anything like that. But, um, you know, I'm, she seems to know her stuff. She seems to be, you know, um, qualified to write a novel because like I've attempted it. I'm not qualified and I can guarantee you that I didn't. I tried twice. Yes. It was real bad. Um, and in her author blurb at the end of the book, which is all I'm looking at because I don't want any spoilers. Um, it says that she grew up in California's Mojave Desert at her family's 18-room motel. Um, and then she devoured fantasy and novels, reading her brother's comic book stash and playing guitar badly. Uh, she began writing this book while working as a newspaper editor, like you said. She likes thunderous indie rock, garish socks, and all things nerd. And she currently lives in San Francisco Bay with her Honestly, family. Honestly, same. I like so all she that just stuff, too. So cool. Right? I so, would love to interview really this cool. woman. I would love it even more to become friends with this woman. Like, I'm down for Absolutely. it. here. if you see this, hear this, anything, please, please be our friend. Like, just, we are so excited to get into your novels, and I can guarantee you already that we're going to have a lot of good things to say about it. Absolutely. I think also, this is kind of a new area Mm -hmm. that we haven't ventured before. Like, we've, all of our books have been fantasy of some sort, whether it be mythological or otherwise, but, like, the first book was all about fairies of Fae, which is, like, really a big thing Mm -hmm. for me and my childhood. The other was Greek, which is, like, your thing, even though I also read them. That was, this is totally different. This is, seems very, like, Middle Eastern set, uh, fantasy, and, like, very different than anything we've read before. Mm-hmm. At least anything I've read yeah. before. I won't make a No, we are. I'm very excited yes. and I love diversity and not just having everyone be white because that's not how life right. works is everyone's white. Yep. So if there's not one white character in this book, I'll be perfectly content. I think, I think there is, but I'm not sure how many people are white and how many people are, uh, Honestly, probably the bad guys are white, and I'm you know, here in society and the world history. That's just true. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so you guys have an ember in the ashes to look forward to for season three, and we are so excited about what is coming. You know, we we've had a great time thus far, and we have a lot of great times, I'm sure, that are coming, and we cannot wait for you guys to experience them with us. So, Aiden. Cheers. Cheers. For more information and updates, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Sips and Subtext. If you like what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe and follow us. And if you're feeling extra nerdy, give us a buzzed worthy review.